Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. What's up, New Song? Hey, it sounds like it's doing something out there. We used to say in the South, it's getting real out there right now. So, man, we're just going to pray and believe there's not going to be any more interruptions from power outages or anything like that. But I'm excited to bring the word to you this morning. I want to ask you, uh, have you ever in your life had a situation where things were going really well, everything seemed to be going smooth, and to the way that you had planned them, and then all of a sudden there was a huge interruption. All, all of a sudden there was, there was this time, right? I couldn't have timed that any better. Thank you, Lord. But there was a time when you thought things were, were going smooth and good, and then there was like a derailment or something that happened. But then something interesting ended up happening in that that derailment actually was a good thing for you that it was a growth season for you, or it, was, it turned out better than you could ever have imagined it. I remember, so with my mom and growing up, uh, she worked for Continental Airlines for, for many years. As a matter of fact, she took an early retirement after 20 years from Continental Airlines, and now it's united. They came together not that long ago. And uh, one of the cool things about having a mom that worked for the airlines was we got to travel anywhere for nothing. It was amazing. There were some times that mom would come up to me at spring break and say, Josh, where would you like to go for spring break? And I could just kind of name it. Like we went to the San Diego Zoo once. We went to uh, San Francisco because I said I wanted to see Barry Bonds play baseball in person at their home stadium. Amazing, amazing opportunities. And, and so this one time we were on a trip and, and we were coming back home. And one of the downsides of flying what's called non-revenue is you can get bumped off a flight. So if somebody comes along and shows up, maybe they didn't know was showing up or maybe they overbooked a flight, you were getting bumped off and you might catch the next one. So that was the downside. And, and how many have been on like a vacation or a getaway and no matter how good a time you're having, it feels good to get home? Right, So we were ready to get home. It was a great time. But we get there and all of a sudden we discover that we are getting bumped off of this flight. And I was angry. I might have been 12 or 13 at the time. I was angry. I'm thinking, man, I just want to get home. I don't want to try to catch another plane a couple hours from now. Let's just get home. So we made the most of it and we were able to get on the next plane and, and we were able to get home. Later, we discovered and found out that that plane we were supposed to board actually had to have an emergency landing. They had to use the oxygen mask. I'm sure it got pretty scary on board that plane at some point. And I thought to myself, as angry as I was, thank you, Lord for making that, bumping us off the flight and getting us on the next one. But you see, God's vision for our lives is much bigger than our own vision. All I could see was the flight in front of me. I didn't see the complications that were gonna happen with the flight and that God actually had a better plan for us to get on a different airplane. And I think that happens to us in life. I think a lot of us are going through that right now. 
And I want you to think about what the Bible says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 when it says, in everything, give thanks. Notice it's not, not for everything, right? We don't necessarily give thanks for everything. I don't know anybody that said, thank you, Lord, for me losing my job amidst this pandemic. Thank you. I love being in financial stress. No, but it says in everything, give thanks. That means in every circumstance of our life, we give God thanks. The good, the bad, and the ugly. In everything, in every circumstance. And that's what makes us unique as God's people. Is the fact that we can be going through something that's really real and we're going through something that's very painful and confusing. And yet we are still able to act differently. We're able to see the power and the value of our God in everything and anything that's happening around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this tremendous opportunity, privilege, and honor, Lord, to be able to bring your word to your people. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me by the power of the Holy Spirit in such a powerful and impactful way. And Lord, I pray that there would be life transformation that takes place, either in person or online. In Jesus' name, amen. In Matthew 16, uh, if you remember, if you recall Matthew 16, that's where Jesus is gathered with his disciples and, and, and he's just asked them, he said, you know, a lot of people are saying I'm a lot of things, but who do you say I am? And then I love the bold Simon Peter, man, he just steps right up and he says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the most high God. And, and what does Jesus say? Jesus is like, man, that was not by your own accord. Like that was through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can declare that. Man, you are now Peter. You're not Simon, but you are Peter, which actually translates rock. And then he says this very famous bit of scripture. And I actually love, I love what the message translation, how it sometimes will bring out just the spirit and the heart of, of uh, scripture. And it does that well here. It says this. It says, this is the rock on which I will put together my church. This is the best part. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to hold it back. We could apply that today. We could say that even COVID-19, even national unrest cannot hold back this church. Because here's the thing, new song, this church is never closed. You can't close the church of Jesus Christ. You can't cancel the church of Jesus Christ. Now you can cancel a building being able to gather the church, but the church has never been about a building. It's about you and me. And the church isn't at 1292 Baker Street. That's just where we gather. The church is wherever you go whether it's to work, to school, to the gym, to company picnics, to Walmart even. Come on, somebody. Need tons of Jesus at Walmart. You know, when you stand around the water cooler at work and others are gossiping about people and you choose not to gossip, you're being the church. When a coworker or those of you that are still in school, a fellow student is having a really rough day and you can tell and yet you take a moment to pray with them and ask how they're doing and show that you actually care for them. You're being the church. And don't get me wrong. 
It's nice to assemble the saints on a Sunday morning. It's nice. I'm sure all of us at some point in our lives, especially in our Christian walk, have said, man, that Sunday was just what I needed in that moment. So the gathering and the assembly of the saints, it is important, but I want you to know something. And to some of you, maybe this is gonna be a surprise and to some of you, maybe it's not. But you don't need Pastor Raul to lead you to four songs of worship and then have Pastor Justin or myself get up and give a word to have church. Church goes wherever you go. Church is wherever you are. It's not about a building. So I don't want you to get caught up in that and think that if we're ever unable to meet and assemble in a building again, that that is in some way, shape, or form going to throw God off and cripple what he wants to do in you and through you for this community and those around you. The church is wherever you are. And New Song, if we're gonna go around and we're gonna call ourselves a life-giving, Bible-believing church like we have for years, then it is very important for us to be giving life and believing that what the Bible says is truth. So that when we read things like Ephesians 3.20 that says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us, we actually have to believe that God can do that. That he can actually do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or even imagine. If we would just believe in our heart of hearts that God truly wants to use us to be able to, to do things that are even bigger and more impactful, reaching more people than we ever thought possible. If we truly believe that, what could stop us? And here's the thing, new song. God has never once, you can look through the entirety of scripture, God has never once called his people to step back or to stay stagnant. He is constantly calling us to step up and to step out. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be big, dreaming, faith-filled risk-takers. Look at all the heroes in Scripture, and what do you see? You see a big, dreaming, faith-filled risk-taker. And we should never insult God with small living and, and small thinking. We are God's people. Our lives are to be used by him to spread the good news and to make a difference. Not to just sit back and, and, and just, oh, well, it is what it is. I don't know. No, we are to step out in faith. And that's what hurts my heart, new song. When I hear people, when I hear Christians saying, I just can't wait for 2020 to be over. I just want to be on to 2021 already. And I get it. Trust me, 2020 has started like a heap of steamy garbage. It's been awful. None of us, I think, would have ever been in December 2019 and said, you know how I'd love the first few months of 2020 to go and then insert this plan? It wouldn't happen. But I still believe God's got a plan and I still believe that we have five months left in this year that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine 
if we would just confidently believe that the best is yet to come. God can still do something powerful in and through us in 2020. It's not a wash. Let's not just throw it out with, with the old bathwater. And I wanna take the next 15 minutes here and I just wanna give you four things that I truly believe that God is calling us to do to make the rest of this year the best of this year. And number one is this, in spite of our circumstances, God is calling us to live larger. Just like I said before, is God has a much bigger vision of our life and our plan and our purpose than we do. I heard it put once and I loved it, the fact that, you know, you think about a 1080p television that's saying that there's 1,080 pixels per square inch. We get a pixel of our life. God gets to see the whole big screen. His vision is way bigger than our vision is for our life. And many times we allow fear to creep into our life and paralyze us. We know that, that God so many times will set up opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for us to be able to make a difference with our life. But what do we do? We get locked up in fear and it just passes us by. We look back at opportunities and we go, oh man, I just wish so much that I would have done this different. When I had that opportunity, I wish I would have took advantage of it. But something that the enemy loves to do is that he continues to remind us of our past failures. Those things that continue to hold us back, whatever that is for you, it's different for everybody in here. But what Satan will do is he, he puts that IMAX screen that's in our mind up there and he projects all of those past mistakes and those past failures, keeping it at the forefront of your thoughts saying, you can't do that. Don't let anybody tell you that you can do that. You know you're a mess up. You know you're a screw up. You've already done too much. God's done with you. Don't believe that. That's a lie. I love that David wrote in Psalm uh, 4.1, he said, hear me when I call, O God, for you have enlarged me when I was in distress. David is saying, my troubles were big, but you, O God, made me bigger. You gave me strength to live larger than my troubles. But you see, it's interesting that sometimes we pray and, and we will pray in a very specific direction when troubles and difficulties loom, much like they are right now in our lives. We find ourselves often, we will pray things like, God, would you shrink my problem? Would, would you take away the pain? Would you reduce the obstacles that are in front of me? And here's the interesting thing about God. So I really don't believe he's super interested in shrinking our problems near as much as he's interested in stretching our faith. He's not gonna downsize our problems and our struggles, but what he will do is he will supersize our spirit and our faith through the problems and the struggles so that when we come out on the other side of it, we are now stronger, better, and more equipped for that very purpose that he placed in us as we were being molded in our mother's womb. And I just don't know that when we pray, God, take it away, that he's always interested in doing that. 
What we really should be praying in those moments is more like, God, would you enlarge me? God, would you grow me? Would you encourage me? Would you allow me to grow beyond the power of the troubles that are in my life and the obstacles that I'm about to face? Grow me larger, Lord. That's what David prayed. And you know what's awesome? David said God did it. And if he did it once, he can do it again. Amen? Number two, in spite of the consistent barrage and the constant barrage of bad news, God is calling us to expect greater. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It is the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Since you don't have the fill in the blanks in front of you, I'll give that to you just one more time. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. When God finds a people who expect and believe for great things, he shows up in great and amazing ways. We see it throughout scripture. I love in Psalms 14 to, in, in that message version again, I love how it captures this. We can relate. God sticks his head out of heaven. Just imagine that visual. He looks around. He's looking for someone not stupid. Does that feel like you? I mean, you can't tell me you haven't been at work at some point and thought, I, Lord, just give me one person today that is not stupid. There's another translation that says he's looking for someone with a wise heart, a wise heart. He's looking for one God expectant man, just one God ready woman. What God's looking for is someone whose expectations are rooted in him and nothing else. So I can't help but ask, where are your expectations rooted? Are they rooted in him? Or are they rooted in something else? And I'm no different than you. I don't want to ever make you think I'm anything different than you. I, over the past five months, I have found myself struggling from time to time too. Because I've conditioned myself for bad news. It just feels like no matter when you wake up, you're going to get some kind of bad news. Like you're just kind of waking up waiting for that other shoe to drop. You're thinking, okay, that happened today. Oh, what's tomorrow going to bring? Have y'all ever heard of Murphy's Law? Right now, I don't know exactly who Mr. Murphy is. I don't know how he got so famous. But sadly, there are a ton of people that they subscribe to his messed up way of thinking about life. And, and you probably know how it goes. It goes like this. If anything bad can happen, it will happen. And it will probably happen to me. That's messed up. But I would guarantee that's probably the consensus of people right now, that they feel that way. They feel that if it could go wrong, it probably will. But I want to suggest this morning that we challenge old Mr. Murphy. I want to present this morning that we have a little bit of pushback and that we stand up to that thought and that we introduce Mr. Murphy to our God. And, and I get it. I... I I hear you, and I see that sometimes life feels this way, but that's not how I'm going to choose to live my life. Because when I surrender everything to Christ, when I give him everything, and I follow God with all of my heart, 
my soul, my mind, and my strength. I live as a child of God. And when you live as a child of God, you can live by a different law than that. There's something, I, I want to I go ahead and, and present this to you. This is kind of what I'm going to deem the believer's version of Murphy's Law. And, and I think it's something you should tell yourself every day. It goes like this. If anything good can happen, it will happen. And because I'm a child of God, I'm convinced it's going to happen to me. I think that's worthy. Why don't we all just say that together one time on the count of three? Come on, one, two, three. Three, if anything good can happen, it will happen. And because I am a child of God, I'm convinced it's gonna happen to me. Come on, somebody give me a better amen. And I can tell you, I'm not, I'm not a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it kind of person. That's, that's not my thing. But I do know that we frame the world that we live in by the words that we speak. There's power in the tongue. There's power in, in the things that we speak and, and the things that we believe. And if we consistently allow ourselves to get up in the morning and think, oh, it's so terrible. Oh, and it's only getting worse. Come on, bring on 2021. I'm done with 2020. If we allow TV media, social media to season our minds and we don't have a steady dose of the Holy Spirit and God's word to counteract that, then what we're going to be left with is this consistent, yucky, nasty, negative emotion that drives us and spills over into other areas of our life. And I believe there's some of you in the building right now and some watching from home that's going, oh my goodness, he's talking to me. Like I've allowed this negativity to spill off into my, my kids. I've allowed this negativity to spill off into my marriage. It's awful. I know that negative emotion. But don't let those things season your mind. I always love Zig Ziglar. Some of you are probably familiar with Zig. He's a motivational speaker. If anybody's been in any level of sales, you've probably heard of Zig Ziglar because he would always speak to, uh, to all the, the salespeople out there and get them all riled up, ready to go out there and make a difference one sale at a time. And Zig was a born-again Christian. He loved the Lord with all of his heart. And I love something that Zig would always say. Something he liked to say was, I like to wake up in the morning, brew a cup of coffee, and read the paper and the Bible because I wanted to see what both sides were up to. I love that. That's great. And it's funny, but it's so true in that if the only, if we only read the paper, or we only watch the news. And by the way, I don't care what news station it is. If we're only watching the news and we're not relying on some personal time with God in prayer, diving into scripture and some time with the Holy Spirit, if we're only worried about those outlets, we're gonna have an emotional toxicity that bubbles up and festers and infects us. And it's gonna infect every part of us, the soul, the mind, and the body. And don't get me wrong. I know there's some, some great challenges that are in front of us. I know there's gonna be some unique twists and turns that are still ahead of us. They're not going anywhere. I don't want you to think that, oh, Pastor Josh is telling us, man, it's just gonna be peaches and cream the rest of the way out. It's gonna be strawberry shortcake after dinner. 
the rest of the way out, it's going to be awesome. No, not saying that. There's still going to be some twists and turns, but we have to remember just how big our God is. And we have to let him set our expectations and nobody or no one else. I love in Psalm 62, verse five, it says, I put my trust completely in God and my expectation is from him. When my expectation is founded and rooted in my relationship with God, I will always embrace the future with faith and not fear. How many in here could, could use some embracing of the future with faith instead of fear? I mean, the world's trying to tell us, hey, you need to be afraid. Fear, fear, fear. Paralyze yourself. Like, but we know that we can embrace the future with faith and not fear. And when it comes to our families, our businesses, our futures, even our church, I refuse to believe that the worst is yet to come. I refuse. I still choose to believe that the best is yet to come for you, for me, that the best is yet to come for New Song Church. I truly believe that. And I love that David in Psalm 62 says, my expectation is from God. He didn't say my expectation was from anything other than God. Because if your expectation comes from another source, you will continue to be deflated and depressed and anxious and disappointed the rest of the days of your life. Your expectation has to be on God because when you place your hope and your trust in God, he will never disappoint you. Never. Brings us to number three. In spite of the challenges we are still facing, God is calling us to dig deeper. If we want to make the rest of the year the best of the year, we're going to have to dig deeper. And I have come to the understanding that pain actually has an intentional and an actual purpose. God does not waste pain. Many times pain actually helps us. It forces us to dig deeper. I think about a tree that when there is, is a drought or there is famine in the land, the tree continues to dig its roots deeper until it hits water. I really believe that so far in 2020, there was a lot of us that were spiritually going through drought and this is simply causing us to dig our roots deeper until we hit living water. We have to dig deeper. And I really believe that the pain of the last five months, God is gonna be able to use it for us to dig deeper and experience some breakthrough in our lives. 2020 might've started rough, might've started like straight garbage, but I can promise you that 2020 can finish awesome. And it's not gonna be because it's gonna be free from pain it's not gonna be because it's free from stress or difficulty. No, it's gonna be because God is using us and he's going to use the struggles to help us to dig deeper and to find some things that we didn't even know we had and to do some things that we didn't even know we could do. But it was gonna take the pain 
for us to have to dig deeper. You see, pain increases our capacity and increased capacity results in increased potential. Did you know this whole thing didn't catch God off guard? Did you know that God knew, I could throw out any date. God knew in 1920 what 2020 was gonna look like. God knew when you were born what your 2020 was gonna look like. And guess what? It has not changed the plan and purpose that he has for your life. It hasn't thrown him off. He hasn't been like, oh my goodness, I had all these great plans for Scott. And then this. Now back to the drawing board. No, it's not like that. Sometimes he'll use the pain to increase our capacity so that we have that increased potential. And the last and final point, we're gonna get ready to close this thing up. And that is in spite of the limitations that are still in front of us, God is calling us to go further. To live larger, to expect greater, to dig deeper and to go further. I think it's worth saying again, new song, that God never calls his people to settle or to stay stagnant. He calls us to step up and to step out. You're never gonna make a difference in your comfort zone. I wish you could, but you can't. And now that's gonna look a little different. What step up and step out looks like, it's gonna look a little different for everybody in the room. I don't know exactly how that's gonna translate to your family or to your life because none of us are at the exact same stage of life. But wherever we are, we have got to keep trusting and pressing and pushing for greater things because I truly believe God wants us to go farther. You know, when I was working in the insurance business for a while before answering the call of God on my life to get into ministry, the lady that I shared the office with, her son would run in these Ironman competitions. Are any of you familiar with the Ironman competition? If you're not, this is kind of how it goes. So they start with a two and a half mile swim. I used to say, his name was Bill. I used to say, Bill, you lost me there. Two and a half mile swim. Then they get out of that, they jump on a bike and they go 112 miles on the bike and then they close the race with a 26.2 mile marathon. This happens in the same day. This is not spread out over six months. And, and, and I, I used to talk to Bill about that and I would say, Bill, man, that is incredible. That's amazing how you can train your body to be able to go through that and endure that. I said, what is it like when you've done all that? You've swam the two and a half miles You've, you've biked for 112 miles and then you're running. What is that like? And he said, actually, let, let me tell you a little bit of what it's like. He said, at mile 20, I thought I was dead. He said, at mile 22, I wished I was dead. At mile 24, he said, I knew I was dead. But he said something amazing would happen at mile 26. He said, at mile 26, I got a realization that I had become too tough to kill. And I really believe that that's what God wants to speak to each and every one of you today is the fact that you are in the marathon portion of this Ironman competition. And he's wanting to tell you, listen, if you rely on me, 
If you're willing to expect what I have for your life and know that it's good, then you're way too tough to kill. There ain't nothing the world can throw at you that's gonna throw you for a loop, knock you down. You might be knocked down, but you'll get back up. But you gotta push. You gotta push through. There's gonna be pain. You're gonna hit walls where you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I don't like this. I'm scared. I'm worried. I don't know what tomorrow holds. You gotta push through. Just like Bill would push through those walls that his body would hit to finally realize, man, I'm way too tough to kill. I believe that's what God's telling you today. New song with God, we can go way farther than we think. Don't sell yourself short when you have the power of the Holy Spirit and an almighty God behind you and in front of you and beside you. I truly believe that with the five months that are left in 2020, that this can be the greatest year of your spiritual growth that you have ever seen or experienced if you approach it that way. I believe that if you say, no matter what challenges lie before me, God is going to use them to deepen my trust in him. And because of that trust, I'm going to feel closer to my heavenly father than I ever have before. And I believe beyond that, I believe God is calling us to go further in our families and in our marriage. That we would look on the inside and that we would ask God to convict us. That's a scary thing, new song. When you ask God to convict you of some things that are messed up in your life that you know you need some help with, that can be painful. But if we would just ask him to convict us, and instead of praying things like, God, would you change him? Or God, would you change her? All of a sudden, we would start to pray, God, do something in me. Help me to get the plank out of my eye before I worry about the speck in somebody else. Let it start with me, Lord. I also believe God's calling us to go further in our compassion and our care for others. I tell you, that's one of the reasons that we said, man, we're gonna go ahead and follow these guidelines. Not because we're being told to, but because if we're called to love our neighbor and the least we could do is put a mask on to love our neighbor, then let's do it. We're called to love, be compassionate towards others. And I really believe that maybe this year we can love God, love people, and serve others better than we ever have in our entire lives because of what's happened at the beginning of this year that the pain isn't going to be wasted. And I don't know exactly what God's up to, new song, but I can tell you this, I know it's good. I know his plan for us is good to work all things out. It says it right in Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything, not just some things, everything, to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. I can assure you, new song, that is a promise from God. And that promise did not get voided when the pandemic hit. His promise still stands to this day. We just have to trust him for it. New song, would you stand with me?
Man, we're gonna have an awesome opportunity here just for a couple minutes. First of all, I really know that there's some people maybe in this room, maybe they're watching at home online and they're saying, man, that makes a lot of sense. Man, that really spoke to my heart. But Pastor Josh, I, I need to make that first decision. I, I need to know God. Like I, I, need to, I need to confess him as my savior. So with every eye closed and head bowed, I just want to ask if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, absolutely, man. I've been trying to do this life on my own. Man, I, I, I need to surrender to Jesus for once in my life. I need to surrender and make him number one in my life. If that's you, would you be bold enough right now with nobody looking around, would you shoot your hand up? It's awesome. I see those hands. You can put your hand down. Here's what we're going to do. Whether you made that decision here in the building or maybe at home watching online, I'm going to pray a prayer, and you're more than welcome to just kind of repeat that prayer after me. You can make it your own. What's important is that you mean what you say when you say it. And then, as a church family, we're going to celebrate them, and then we're going to have a moment of declaration. We're going to declare some things over our life for the rest of 2020. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And today, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I believe he died that I would be forgiven and he rose again to give me new life. And I receive this new life. This is my new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. New son, can we celebrate those that gave their life to Jesus? Come on. Man, you're part of the family now. All those promises, they're for you. And now as a family, we get to declare some stuff over our lives. Because you remember I said that, that we get to frame the world we live in by the words that we speak. So we're going to speak some words. This isn't a song we're about to sing. This is a declaration. The bridge of this song says, I know a breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise, and it won't stop now. We're going to declare that. 2 Corinthians says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Knocked down, but not destroyed. How many are ready to jump back up from being knocked down? And let's make 2020 the best we can. Let's worship. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.